Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Now, Rob, usually yes. we have to jump straight into transfers and stuff like that, but there haven't really been too many big ones. So instead, how's life? Uh, life's good. Uh, good to be on another podcast this week. You know, as we count down and eek towards the start of the season mm-hmm. next Friday, um, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm on draft probably, I don't know, 400 and something for my uh, <laughs> official game team. Um, you know, just soaking in all the information that we can get from uh, preseason games and what we see and what we don't see. And as expected, you know, uh, Daniel Sturridge goes off with an injury, which is <laughs> so, right after so, looking like he might actually end up being relevant this season. Yeah, so nope. so typical. I mean, if there's a poster boy for what if, it's got to be Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, it's been absolutely crazy what he, uh, how much time he's spent in the training room, um, medical room, physio room, uh, doc- doctor's room, waiting room, all of the above. Purgatory. At all? How about at all? <laughs> at all of the above. Um, all right. Well, as uh, mentioned, there are a few transfers to get through. First one, not actually official yet, but Kalechi Hianacho, uh pictured having his Leicester medical today. Uh, we actually spoke with uh, Jim Knight, um, who's our Leicester correspondent on the EPL roundtable, when we were talking about this striker situation. Uh, and he said that this isn't really a concern about Vardy. It's really more an indictment of what they didn't get last year from Slomani and Musa. So with that little extra context, are you thinking that Ikeanacho could be helpful this year? Or do you think it's more of a in-future uh, kind of signing? Although we do not yet know if City have a buyback. Yeah, I know that was the big conundrum when uh, I know when West Ham was sniffing around him. There was a, a an absorbent buyback fee that was being thrown onto him. Um, yeah, I, I like I like Acho in 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 Leicester. I think that him and Vardy will you know pair up nicely. I'm not saying they're going to gel right away. It's going to take some time. Do, do you think they would be used as a pair though? Like four four two, yeah, the two of them. Are ab- ab- absolutely, I think they will be. I think that he what. You said it. You said it completely best. What they didn't get last year out of Musa and you know Okazaki and you know who else is there? Ochoa, Ochoa. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean he's basic. He's better than every one of them. Uh, he's proven that he could be a goal scorer. Yes, he's a goal scorer for a, a team that has a dynamic, you know, intrinsic fantasy value like City, but. You know, Lester does have some interesting fantasy weapons that are going to be surrounding him. You know, you know through through the buildup, you ha- you still have you know Mares, you still have Vardy on 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 one of the opposite sides from him. Um, you know, they have great facilitators through the middle. Drinkwater is an excellent midfielder. I mean, they have they have tools in the shed. 
to to make Ian Nacho a fantasy relevant player. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to walk right in there and just you know like walk around like he's Ric Flair and just you know drive limousine drive and you know he's not going to be he's not that guy. Um, but you know, at his price, he's in that. Well, do I go hit this route or do I go a complete flyer route? You know, he's still cheap enough that he doesn't fall into that city trap of really expensive, you know, players. Yeah. So you could still get a little bit of a bargain there because he's only 7.0, which is, you know, really, really cheap for a, a former city player to be transferring somewhere else. I mean, it's only 1.5 more than Kurt Zuma and he <laughs> went to Stoke. So, I mean, you're, you're going to be buying in on the fact that yes, Iannaccio has some previous EPL experience in scoring goals. Yes. People, you know, were intrinsically in love with him, I guess we'll say why he was hot because he did play for city. Well, that transfer over to, to the Leicester side, it's kind of like a wait and see, but I think he starts there. I think he's better than what we saw them have last year. I mean, they have, they didn't really get any kind of effort from any other forward there. Like you said, Musa didn't do much. Slamani was more of like a, like a, like a seventh inning, eighth inning guy. I know <laughs> I'm using a base baseball reference there, but he was like a reliever. Uh, Okazaki, you know, he runs his butt off for, for them, but, you know, he doesn't have that. He is so it. helpful in everything that isn't fantasy relevant. Yeah, he runs his butt off and doesn't get any of the reward. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 7.0. I mean, yeah, I'm, buy, I'm, I'm buying I'm buying Iannaccio. I'm not buying him right away. Hmm. Um, but, you know, there is some value there. I think that people down the line are going to look at him and and see how he does and how he develops and how much he plays in those first two, three games. And I think when it comes time to wildcard, and depending on how well he's doing, I think he's probably going to be that that cheap third striker that people could monopolize on. Yeah, we're going to get into either ors in a little bit, but him being priced at 7 does raise a very interesting and very direct question with one of the more recent signings as well. Would you rather have rest of season? <laughs> By rest of season, I mean literally all 38 weeks of the season. Would you rather have Ihan Nacho or Chicharito? Ah. Uh. You know, I'm interested to see what Chicharito can do at West Ham. Um, how much he's actually going to play initially is probably the same as Iannaccio. I don't know how much Chicharito is going to be there. I think it, Chicharito could be that that you know that change of pace guy for the first couple games, just to get him into the flow, get him to develop with the guys around him, and and have West Ham roll with it like that. Same thing goes for Iannaccio when he does, and if he does go to the Leicester, you know, you're basically in a wait and see kind of proposition. I don't think I wouldn't roster either of these guys because neither of them are, are are you know nodded on as the guy. I know Chicharito's been getting a ton of hype right now, and his ownership is is showing it. You know, he's owned in 17% of leagues right now in the official game, which which is a huge number. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's in the top eight overall for ownership of forwards. I mean, that's not something to sneeze at. So I guess I people just are think, buying in. Like we, we well, as soon as it, it, the price was announced, all of us thought it was going to be eight plus. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be eight plus as well because I think that the you know the previous fifty nine goals and one hundred fifty seven appearances, I you know he is getting up there in, in age uh, by soccer terms, I guess we'll call but he it. He was still top ten in goals in the Bundesliga last year yeah. in a down season. He was top yeah. five the year before that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I I I'd probably have to say neither. I can't really – I wouldn't be able to choose one right now because I don't think I'd have any of them – you know, you're only allowed three strikers. If I was allowed six strikers, absolutely, I'd probably have four. <laughs> but, you know, based on the the value of some of the other strikers, um, you know, you look at Benteke at 8.0, I'd rather have Benteke over those two easily for, for an extra million dollars. Yeah. Uh, another one uh, involving your club, uh, Nemanja Matic leaves Chelsea again. 
Um, this time to follow Jose Mourinho to Manchester United. Of course, he's played with him before. Uh, what do you think this will do to his fantasy value and the value of the players around him? You know, I, I think he could have sneaky good value there. I know he's, what is he, 5.0, I believe. Um, memory so, Yeah, I believe he's 5.0. I mean, he did have a – I mean, basically, he's walking onto a Manchester United side, and if he was there last year, he'd le- he would have led all midfielders in assists for, for them. So that's <laughs> did that's he also saying, have like four or five goals as well? I think he had two or three goals, yeah. yeah. I, he had a couple. So, I mean, yeah, it's – he he does have some value. Um, I think it helps the players around him more, namely Paul Pogba. I think Pogba at 8.0 right now, um, with the idea that that Montic is coming in there, uh, I think Pogba is going to it's going to allow him to move up the pitch a bit, and I think it's going to add to his fantasy value. Uh, I know there's tons of love right now for Paul Pogba, 21.4% owned at 8.0. Um, you know that's one of every five. You know one of every five teams in in the in the official game, which is basically 550,000 players right now. It's almost mm. 2 million. So, um, yeah, so it's cr- it's crazy that I, I think that this, the one player that this directly affects is Paul Pogba because I think that this allows him to move up the pitch and be more of a, you know, one box to the other goal, def- you know, midfielder instead of being that box-to-box guy. I think that he's going to be involved in the play more. Um I mean, Monish is a great player. You know, I liked him at Chelsea. I think that, you know, he's, he fit nicely there. And I think that, you know, I think this helps, you know, Bakayoko a little bit too. I think that he can, you know, carve out a niche there for the Chelsea side. I don't, I don't know if I'd roster him because I don't think he's going to offer much offensively. You know, but, but if he gives you, you know, 90% of what Montage did, he's going to be a value. I mean, I know, and his, his price is kind of a little bit pricey, but he, he's, on a, he's on a top flight team. So you're going to have to pay for that, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, he's actually says the same price. I was reading the wrong guy. I'm sorry. Mm. Bakayoko is five is five dot So, you know, it just adds to the conundrum of it. Always goes back to I don't think we've mentioned it yet on this podcast. You know, it goes back to Wayner Fabi Fabregas again. Yeah. So I mean, which it, is it's now a, even more now more interesting because Hazard is back in light training and could make mm-hmm. week one now, which would ruin a whole lot of Willian and Pedro love for people. Yeah, it would. And Pedro Pedro's got a little uh, you know yield oh, right, sign on broke his too. face. Broke his face. I forgot about that. He's broke. He broke his face. Um, <laughs> that was Italian for anybody at home. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all that I know. Um, so, besides you don't know words. Scaramucci. <laughs> Scaramucci. Jesus. A divorce. Eh? That's all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, I mean, they're all. Those guys are all Matic, uh, Bakayoko. You know, there's always the conundrum of William and Fabregas. I think people are going to go down to the wire with them. For, for seeing what they can you know squeeze out of them, I, I think they're waiting for the you know the community shield to see what happens there, to, to actually iron out what they'll actually what Chelsea will actually do on the pitch. Yeah. But you know, uh, Bakayoko, Matic, um, they're they're secondary fantasy options right now until we see more. But if I've got oh, there's there's worse punts out there. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see. I I'm always surprised by how many of these defensive midfielders end up being owned. Um, but <laughs> a little more foreshadowing uh, for either or there. Ooh. Any other uh, moves that or injuries that have caught your eye this week? No, not not injuries. I mean, um, Alvaro Morato's can't get in shape. Uh, you know, it's never good when your manager says you can't get in shape. Um, and and Conte's a shape is a phys- physical guy, physio guy. So I, it's worrisome. Um, I don't think that Morata is going to be on my team now that for the first for the first week at least. Um, if he plays and scores, good. I'm just scared off that he, you it's know, probably the first two weeks then, since the second yeah. week is Tottenham. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you're not gonna at, at his price. You, there's there's neutral options there. You so can he's go just to. become a wait and see for you. Yeah, and we'll get into that, and when we do the either ors, because I oh, have him snap. in there too. Oh. We may have foreshadowed literally you, all of them. You think that you're the only one who could foreshadow here, sir? Dude, next up, I'm gonna five shadow things. You won't even know what happened. Get a Mikel Antonio foreheaded it. <laughs> oh man, I ended up with Antonio in one of my leagues. I was uh, surprised. Yeah, he, he always felt like one of those guys that would end up going way before me. Uh, and then yeah, just just uh, had a had a. <laughs> Well, we don't need to get into it too much, but let's uh, foreshadow something else and ruin the whole show for the next half hour. Okay, so, no. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into a couple of either ors um, since <laughs> apparently all we uh, tease them anyway. We may as well get it out of the way now. Um, so you have a whole lot of defensive midfielders in this game. Mm-hmm. You already mentioned two of them. Of those two, who would you rather have? Oof. I mean, can I can I downshift and pick another one? Sure. Because I, I would probably punt and completely go to Oriel Romeu at 4.5. Yeah, you and your weird Romeu love. What is that all about? I, I, cause Romeu I just and Juliet? That might be yeah, the title. Oh, Romeu <laughs> and Smokey. Um, but yeah, at 4.5, he's going to get minutes. He plays, a, he plays an okay, you know, part of the integral thing that Southampton does offensively. I know they're not that, you know, in the top three, four, five of, you know, goal scoring, but he's going to get minutes. He plays tons of minutes there. Um, you know, he played 3,000 minutes last year, you know, for eight, good for 80 points, 13 clean sheets. Uh, he doesn't do much offensively, but he got, he's got one goal the last two years in each of the last two years. Um, I'm just having, I just have a feeling that he kind of, I'm not saying he breaks out, but I'm not saying that 80 points, I think, is his floor this year. I think, you know, I think 140. But 80 points could, isn't good. I, I know it's not good. I know it's I know it's god awful. But I think that he can add to that total this year. And at 4.5, he's never being utilized for you. Just like the other 5.0 defensive midfielders you're talking about. You know, if you want to throw N'Golo in, Kante in there as well, he's 5.0. Yeah. Well, you we, know? Were, we were going to get to that. We were going to get through all of them. So you also have N'Golo Kante, who was mm-hmm. way too heavily owned. Um, especially in the goal game, which I was just writing about earlier today. And he's like in the top 15 owned, again, because yeah. of low price. You also have Victor Wanyama, who ended the season with four or five goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Etienne Capu, who randomly popped up with goals again. And now under Marco Silva, you know, I, I'm i I'm kind of fantasy buying into Watford. I think that first yeah. year we had a lot of interest in them, obviously with uh, Igalo and Dini. And then there was that like, Holobas Yanmat thing for like three weeks each of the mm-hmm. last two seasons. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like them a lot now that it doesn't look like Pereira's going to be shown the door. He's still a creator. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking Kapu at the moment. But anyway, of, of that whole cadre of defensive midfielders, would you still go Romeu or would you just not lean this direction at all? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to throw all defensive midfielders in there, I mean, you got to throw like Granite Chaka in there. But I know he's, I'm, I know he's a little bit more. I'm leaving out intentionally the two that you have the most inexplicable love crush on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, there's for fantasy for the official game, there's zero zero value in them. Um, you know, it's like it's like trying to buy into like a Wilfred and Didi. You're not you're not doing it. You know, um, yeah, I'm not. I mean, that's why I that's why I said. Oriol Oriol Romeo because he's a he's you know half a buck cheaper so I'm I'm completely punting but half a buck cheaper. Mm. 
All right, you got uh, you got some for me? Oh, absolutely. Um, basically, did you did you watch the, any of the Liverpool game today against uh, Bayern Munich? Uh, I watched the first half. Okay, good. So you so you at least saw some of the game. Mm-hmm. I I'm convinced that Liverpool and I know I know Klopp is kind of enamored with with the one of the guys here, and and it's Adam Lallana. I think that Adam Lallana is part of this first team for Liverpool. I, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I don't you know. I don't have any other, you know, information to back this up, but I think that Lalana is is a player that Klopp likes and likes to play. Mm-hmm. So I'm comparing Lalana what, what we saw from Liverpool today and the offensive that he could be part of, or an Everton midfielder that you know has a lot of hype surrounding him and a couple tools around him that can make him to a fantasy asset, and it's Davy Klaassen. It's Klaassen, and it's not even particularly close for me. I I, I just. <laughs> don't know what to do with this Liverpool midfield right now. I know that's and, the, that's the and, hard part. And I thought Salah was going to kind of be the odd man out to start the season. He's but, not. But as we talked about on Twitter today, each of us have gone to write pieces about why Salah is overowned, and both times he scored goals that day, which is really frustrating. But the more important thing is that he continues to get the minutes. And so if Pep mm-hmm. is committed to having this, um, Firmino Salah. Mane front three, mm-hmm. and then a back three of a whole bunch of people. <laughs> you have Jeannie Winyoldum, who I'm very high on this mm-hmm. year. Me you have Lavana, who you mentioned. There's obviously Coutinho there still. You have Henderson. You have Chan. Like, that is too many players. And I thought the issue was going to be that front line, but that actually seems settled. Now it's mm-hmm. who are those players going to be behind there? Um, and so I just do not want to play that game. I'm I'm starting to warm up to... Salah. The only issue I have with him is now the ownership. Mm-hmm. That that people bought in too early, but then like happened to be right, and so yeah. now there's just no point in me buying in because if I buy in now, his ownership is high enough that it won't really benefit me too much. But if they're wrong, then I've <laughs> bought in late on a player that didn't do well. So it's just kind of like, oh well. But I will say the player that I'm very excited about now is Mane because mm-hmm. he was carrying that little injury triangle. Uh, obviously, it was an issue last year. Missed out at AFCON, came back, got hurt. The only match he was really himself the rest of the year was that match against Ben Davis, which was the most predictable, amazing uh, performance of all time. <laughs> like that whole week, everybody was talking about how Mane was going to spin Davis, and then he did to the tune of two goals. Um, but like today, getting the goal and the, the chopped heel um, mm-hmm. down the line as well, he, he looks very very good and i will say about coutinho just <laughs> continue to not actually talk about lalana which was your whole point um i'm starting to have concerns about coutinho that this attack may literally move too quickly oh that's that's a good point that that they won't be building through the middle they'll just be playing it quickly down the wings and we've seen how devastating that can be and Firmino salah and mane at full tilt is going to be faster than anybody to catch up mm-hmm. so <laughs> all of a sudden i'm 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 leading away from the Coutinho's yeah. in the world and, and starting to genuinely be interested in that front three. As for Lalana, like I said, I, I, I can't commit to that right now because now yeah. there's five players battling for those three spots yeah. and I just don't know how it's going to fall. Yeah, the thing with Coutinho is an interesting thing and I, I hate, you know, translating, you know, soccer to uh, another sport. Hmm. But you no, know you how basketball... do it on the show all I know, the time. <laughs> I know. But it, it, for the people listening at home that don't watch the other sports, it gets confusing. Hmm. But so... You know how, like the you said, the Mane and and Firmino and Salah, they want to keep it up tempo. Yeah. But Coutinho is a good talent fantasy wise, and he wants to. He's kind of a slow down player. Mm-hmm. He's basically like the Carmelo Anthony of Liverpool. Interesting. 
Like if even if you tried to play up tempo, the ball's still going to be in his hands. It's too still, long. it's it's still going to be at his. He's still going to want the ball, and when he he's going to be those other three guys are going to create create enough space for Coutinho, Tino to do his little That's cutback. True. He'll be, he'll get to run into a lot of pockets, mm-hmm. <laughs> which means we're going to see a lot of those long range shots. Which means yeah. every three weeks you'll see one on Sports Center, and the other two weeks he'll miss five shots without putting any on target. Yeah, which is completely fine. It's, which, so basically, it's Coutinho in a nutshell for his fantasy career that he he does he does good things for three games and then completely takes a month off and then yeah. does good things for two. Yeah, I will say he was a little more consistent real life last year. Hopefully yeah. that will that will translate to um, fantasy. But yeah, just not not super big on him. So uh, throwing it back to you, we uh, we we always talk about the William Fabregas one, but but there's another one at Tottenham, which is the Ali Erickson debate. Son, by the way, is a really sneaky play if he ends up getting back fit in time because mm-hmm. his injury has somehow erased him from everyone's mind, which yep, is incredible. He's forgotten. Which is incredible considering he scored 20 plus goals in all competitions last season. But um, with the Della Ali Erickson thing, I, I do just want to ask you your opinion, but. There's an interesting piece of information that some people may not know that it's important to share, which is, first of all, <laughs> a goal is worth almost twice as much as an assist in this format. Del Ali will obviously score more goals of the two of them. And two, Del Ali is suspended for the first three Champions League matches. So if there is a rotation, mm-hmm. Del Ali will be the one that's available in the Premier League. Absolutely. He, on the other hand, is not taking set pieces, but also Erickson kind of isn't taking set pieces, considering down the second half of last season, Tottenham played an incredible amount of short corners, instead mm-hmm. of just whipping it in. So, with all those negatives about Erickson, I'm going to ask you an unbiased question, and not a leading question at all, and ask you which one would you rather have? Uh, I'm, I'm on Della Ali this year. Um, every template team that I've made, or every draft team I've made, um, Ali is one of the first players I've always put in. Um, at 9.5, I love I love his price. I think last year, 18 and 11 is probably middle of what we can expect this year. I'm expecting 20 and 13, 20 and 14. Wow. Which should be like fan- an Alexis year. Yeah, basically. I'm expecting this year to be the Ali game, like the Ali show hmm. there. At, at, I'm, I'm not saying that Erickson isn't a, a – completely usable you know fantasy option there i'm just liking della ali and i think that you know what we saw last year 225 points 18 goals 11 assists in you know just over 3,000 minutes um i think that's that's bottom of what you know middle middle of what he could be if you're expect if he gets that again i would take it all day for 9.5 because that's that's basically an 11.0 performance yeah you know um you know it's basically kevin de bruyne type stuff that you're getting getting back you know um, I'm not taking anything away from Erickson. Erickson's a phenomenal player, and you know, like you said, there's twice as much for goals as there is assists, and I think that's where Ali is the is where you're making your money. Yeah, agree with you there. You have any uh, any ones of these left before we take a quick well, break? Oh, I got tons. I got tons. We, <laughs> oh, let's go. We got. I got tons. I'm going to change it up and go defensively a little bit here. Okay. Um, maybe you know, maybe I'll keep these responses a little shorter. I didn't realize we were yeah, only at the 20 minute mark. No, go ahead, man. Wax poetic about everything. <laughs> people, people love to hear your your gift of gab and your vernacular expand. <laughs> um, so, in the last couple Taga drafts, we're going to get into it in a little bit. We'll foreshadowing you know, again. Um, I, I did make a comment that you there is one player that you seem to be getting in every draft, and, yeah. and it's because of value. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's Charlie mm-hmm. Daniels. Um, so, so I know we're talking about the official game and not Taga here, but. Uh, 
So which which Cherries defender in the official game are you looking at here? Charlie Daniels or Nathan Ake? Uh, or Adam Smith? <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's Daniels at the moment, just because goals carry more weight. I love Adam Smith. Uh, he, you know, when everybody kept talking about how Walker and Trippier were tied for the most assists last year, <laughs> Adam Smith was just standing there like, "What am I? Chop liberty, you guys?" Also, <laughs> all former Tottenham uh, right backs. That's not true. Go. Wingbacks. Wingbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they are all right backs. Yeah, that's actually pretty go. neat. Thank you. Because hmm. yeah, uh, Adam Smith obviously came through the Tottenham Academy. But anyway, was yeah. he was he was he with Pocahontas too? <laughs> John Smith, and you know it. Oh, <laughs> had a great cross on him though, John Smith. Yeah, <laughs> with the, with a tomahawk. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going Charlie Daniels, although Ake is interesting. Oh, oh, uh, sorry, not to disrupt. Uh, yeah, I, I would go Daniels. <laughs> I just thought of one, though, and I thought about it yesterday during the Taga draft, which we'll get to in a little bit. <laughs> but you know how everybody loved Ake last season? On mm-hmm. loan from Chelsea, went to a decent defense, all of a sudden had a lot of fantasy value. Mm-hmm. Why is everybody now thinking about Ake, but nobody thinking about Zuma, which is basically the exact same situation except to a better defensive team in front of a better goalkeeper? Yeah, well, you know me, and I, I, I love Kurt Zuma, so I can't talk about him enough. Uh, I just think that his price at 5.5 kind of narrows him out yeah. of the, you know, because at 5.5 you can get a Ryan Bertrand or a, a Trippier. Yeah. You're, not, you're not looking at Zuma as a comparative to Bertrand or Trippier right now. True. And um, I suppose Ake was 4 or 5 to start last year. Yeah. Which made him a yeah. budget option. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, everybody's everybody's enamored. I have Ake currently in my scheme, which we'll Is get Ake to. Is Ake at 5? 5. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I have Ake currently, but I mean, I love Charlie Daniels just as much as the next guy. I, you know, I, I rode his pony for a long, long time last year. It feels like um, you're off him a little bit this year. Yeah, I, you know what? I just you don't think I'm it's wait- repeatable. I'm waiting to see because you know the year before he was really good. Last year he kind of was like down, downtrodden. I want to make sure well, that the, the second half of the season they just couldn't stop conceding. Yeah, yeah, they, they sucked. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I don't want it to be, you know. Two years ago, Christian Fuchs had a good year. Last year, he was down. I don't want Dan- Charlie Daniels to follow that same metric, and I'm I'm a little leery of it. It's the same way I don't I don't own Christian Fuchs anywhere yet. Yeah, just wait and see. Mm-hmm. Right. You got a few more? Oh, I got tons, man. So so we mentioned Murata, and I got I teased it, so now I got to say it. But hmm. I'm going with it. The the two the two guys that are the highest, you know, the, the most talked about transfers into the Premier League. I think it's. So Lacazette or Murata, it's an easy, it's an easy thing to talk about right now. Uh, as we mentioned last week, I was leaning Murata, but then those Conte comments scared me. Telling them that second week scares me. So if the two of them might lean Lacazette right now. Yeah, I'm leaning zero right now. I'm <laughs> I'm completely punting Arsenal um, to start the season. Though I'll look at them, you know, like two or three games into the season. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm off both of them. I'm Murata's, The Murata news is like up stake through my heart right now because I'm fully vetted in him in, uh, on my Taga teams, um, which we'll talk about soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't I don't buy either right now. I'd rather diversify my funds up front to to three guys. You know, you know, below two below ten and one over eleven, than have two guys over you know over ten. Yep, that's all I got, man. Go all to right. break. Go on a break. We'll do it live. <laughs> all right. Screw it. We'll do it live. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, we are back from break. We're going to quickly talk about some of the highest owned players in the FPL game right now. And um, basically just go through and say which ones we think are... Worth it, and which ones, <laughs> which ones work it, and if they're worth it, uh, put flip. Your thang, put your thang down, flip, flip it, and it, and reverse, reverse it, it. Right. and then a whole bunch of nonsense in reverse. Is that Missy? Yeah. Nice. Um, I almost <laughs> just said RIP, but I think she's definitely still alive. Um, all right. <laughs> so, starting with Gold Sorry, Creepers. Missy Elliott. <laughs> Sorry for just, I don't know, assuming that you died. Um, all right, so uh, starting with goalkeepers, we'll just do the top five. You have David De Gea at 28.3, Courtois at 18.1, Foster at 17.2, Elliot as a price dump at 14.2, and Lloris at 12.8. Do you think this is the right order? Who do you think's worth it? Who do you think should work it? <laughs> um, you know, I, the De Gea and Courtois love, I get it, because, you know, they're, one has speculation of... of being the clean sheet, or from our perspective, me and you, we've both said it out loud that we think United will probably lead the league in, in clean sheets by, by year end. So at 5.5, that's a Which, good investment. Which, by the way, the match is signing only further helps. Yeah. And then Courtois, who who had the most last year, or tied for the most, I believe. Yeah, he whatever. had the most. Larissa yep. dropped it in that Leicester game. So, I mean, people are buying into stats from last year. That's why the ownership is there. Plus, they're bigger names on bigger clubs. It makes complete sense. Um, you know, But for my money, at, at 5.5, you're... Com- I don't understand why Hugo Lloris is owned is you know half as much as De Gea is. He's on a probably just as good a team defensively than as as United is and has the same speculative clean sheet value that that De Gea should have. Mm. That's just me. Um, you know, after after the top five, I think it gets interesting with goalies. There's like four guys in the twelves percentage wise. Lloris mm. Hart, which is crazy, uh, at twelve point three percent. Joe Hart, I don't get it. Uh, Pickford at twelve two, and Tom Heaton last year's. Uh, Darling of the fantasy Premier League world, twelve dot oh. I think that's the, that's the cusp right there for everybody who's being owned. After that, it's everybody else is like a speculative as a second goalie guy. I, I believe like Begovic, Foster, yeah. Boric, Hennessy. I think Begovic could be really interesting behind that defense. I do, but, I do too. And big shout out to Chuck Booth who who is riding 
Asmir Begovic's pony all the way to last place somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> Shots fired. So Foster, I understand his high ownership because he's a 4.5, mm-hmm. and he's the best of the 4.5 options, as we know right now. But last season only keeps six six clean sheets. The year before that only keeps four. Like We keep assuming that West, Ro- West Brom are this defensive juggernaut, but I think a lot of times people confuse boring with good defense. Oh, and you want to hear something? You want to hear something mm. funnier about West Brom? Sure. Uh, they've had they've played five um, preseason games, um, none against a Premier League opponent or a top flight team in any division internationally, mm-hmm. um, and they have one clean sheet. Yeah, it, it's it's weird, man. It, it's just not been happening lately. So, would you rather have Foster at four point five with a good ten first matches, or Fraser Forster at five point with a good first ten matches? Ooh. I mean, I'd probably lean Forster because I, I like Southampton's defensive, how they line up. Right, for the first and couple. I think they get two-plus more clean sheets over that 10-game stretch. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I also like Wayne Hennessy at the same 4.5 Ooh, price, Wayne, price point Wayne Hennessy is a really interesting one with this uh, you know, uh, with defense in front of them. I, I just yeah. can't believe that they go into another season with him as their one. Yeah, with Huddersfield, Liverpool, Swansea, Burnley, Southampton, their first five. You know, that's, that's looking like three clean sheets. Yeah, Frank out. DeBoer defense, man. Bringing mm-hmm. in uh, Rita Wall to pair with probably Scott Dan. It's going to be interesting. Oh, also, um, uh, I don't know if this is common knowledge or not, um, but Frank DeBoer has started uh, training the youth players in a three-at-the-back system, nice. which would assume that the long-term goal of the senior team is to play three-at-the-back, which, by the way, would make Van Anholt lethal. But what if, what if two of them overweight? Does that mean three in the back, two if they're fat? Is that a reference? Yeah, it's from a song. Which song? Notorious B.I.G. Oh! You right. Come on, man. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young gun, man. And scene. <laughs> moving, moving on to defenders for the most yep. percentagely owned. Uh, we still have David Luiz on top at 21.7. It's followed by five, man. Yeah, it's followed by Charlie Daniels at 21.3. Angel Ronhel at 20.8 is the 4.0 dump. Uh, Kieran Trippier, 20.4%, followed, and then followed in fifth place by Kyle Walker at 20.2%. Yep. Anything out of the ordinary, Kev? I know there's not any big names in there. We're missing out on last year's defensive uh, leading scorer, Alonzo. He's just missing that. He's down a little bit from, yeah, from Kyle Walker. Oh, man. Although I know you're, you're pro-defense this year. Um, yeah. I'm a little bit surprised that Bellerin isn't higher up. It's the correct move to not... Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm impressed that people are showing restraint in that regard. Um, Daniels is obviously the one that sticks out. Um, honestly, did not know that he was all the way up at 21.3%. That may cause me to shift back to Adam Smith again. Um, but Ron Hell is the obvious choice at, at uh, 4.0 right now because he you know has mm-hmm. been in the starting 11 not too long ago. Um, also, you know, Kyle Naughton is no uh, tremendous threat in front of him. <laughs> um It'll be interesting to see if a different Ford Ido becomes the flavor of the month. Like we've said this whole offseason, uh, the, the like era of the 4.5 defender is dead. Um, so trying to find anybody of value at 4.5 or under is going to be very, very important for, for people. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll just have a much better sense of that by like week three or four if yeah, anybody I mean, else matters around that price point. But yeah. this, all, this all makes a lot of sense. I mean, Trippier at 5.5, having his price come out a week and a half before Walker leaves was terrific news for everybody yeah, awesome yeah yeah um i mean literally is close to a must own 
week one as any yeah. player oh, in yeah. the format. Oh, yeah. And I could see him being the number one owned defender by by time game kicks off. I mean, he's close. He's only 1.3% behind. So, yep. um, and get it, And on your 4.0 defenders, um, if anybody's looking for a sneaky guy, take a look at Kevin Long. He started every game yeah. for, Bor- for Burnley so far, um, and he's 4.0. So the only weird thing there is he's supposed to be a left back. Yeah, and they've been playing him centrally, and I Central. really don't know what that's about. Well, look, well, look what they have there. They have Ben Me and nobody else. Oh, because they, have... they forgot to replace Keane, a yeah, player that they, have... they knew was going to be leaving this summer yeah. for like a year and a half. Tarkowski, and that's it. Oh, I mean, goodness. You know, you know, they can't play Loughton there. He's not. He's not good enough. They, oh, they could play Phil Bardsley. Ooh, nice. <laughs> not um but yeah so kevin long at burnley if anybody's looking for four buck chuck um keep that name in mind kevin long yeah I, if memory serves though burnley's first five matches are horrible oh they're awful i mean uh, yeah chelsea west brom spurs crystal palace liverpool Ugh. oh yeah chelsea spurs palace liverpool not a fan of west brom won't score or defend so that'll be, yeah. <laughs> that'll and, be an and burnley look. is at home and burnley does play they do have a metric where they're better at home yeah that is very true. Much, much more comfortable uh, at home. Mm-hmm. All right, now uh, to the midfielders. We talked about how great he is uh, this season. Uh, Del Ali, 37.1. Coutinho, who I am way pulling the reins on right now, at 30.4. Zaha at 22.9. At uh, 7.0, which is crazy to me, because last year he was in the 5, like, wasn't he like 5.5 five, five five, or 6? Five. 5.5. Five, yeah. five. To start the year. So he gets a 1.5 jump, but everybody's still buying in. De Bruyne, unsurprisingly, 22.7. Pogba, man, <laughs> again, this is this is one of those ones people bought in way too early, but now the Modish news makes it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have hated that uh, up until recently. So of those top five, anybody in particular stick out? We don't really need to talk about Ali or Coutinho since we already did, yeah. but I know yeah, you've I been mean- a big Zaha guy in the past. Yeah, I, I like I like Zaha. I, I think that Palace could, could do some... I'm not going to say they're going to fly under the radar here because everybody knows who, who Wilfred Zaha is and everybody knows who Christian Benteke is. Um, but but I think Zaha can can build on what we saw last year: 149 points, seven goals, 11 assists. I'm not really worried about the clean sheets. You know, he's if you're worrying about clean sheets and rostering Wilfred Zaha, you need to go find a different game. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I mean, I think he can extrapolate on those. You know, would it be out of the realm of possibilities that Zaha to me resembles if he can get on and stay? You know on form enough he looks like a 10 goal scorer to me so can is three goals more than last year it, is that such an uh an, a hurdle that i don't i don't think he can get to no i think he could do it i mean is there there's not much many more minutes he could squeak out he did have you know just over three thousand minutes so i mean there there's not much more minute wise you could you could hope for i just think that um he needs the players around him to play better and that I'm not saying Benteke can play better, but I'm saying that the players through the midfield punch in and, you know, Mila Jolovich or whatever the hell his name is, uh, um, they, they could play, you know, help augment Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing about Pogba is since the modded signing, he's gone up like 0.8% ownership, yeah. which has only been, and you know, since, this, yeah, since like, you know, 12 hours ago, I mean, yeah. basically. Um, I do want to touch on uh, De Bruyne for a second, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because... Uh, when they first signed Bernardo Silva, everybody was really worried about what was going to happen in this attack. And it seems like nobody's really worried about that anymore. I, I always thought De Bruyne was always going to have a place. It was just whether or not he'd get pushed out to the right. But now Sterling's having a good preseason. A, are you confident that De Bruyne will be a 30-plus week starter? And two, are you concerned at all that he may be pushed around to areas where he may be a little less effective? Uh, 
I think he's a 30-game starter. Um, I think the one thing about Kevin De Bruyne is no matter where he plays, he's going to be an effective player. I think that he could play he could play both sides of the pitch. He could play up the middle. It doesn't matter. He could play wherever, he, you know. He's he's a phenomenal talent and fantasy-wise, you you probably can't get any better at the 10.0 price tag except if your name's Dale Ali at 95. Um, but yeah, I mean, just look at the production that, that De Bruyne had last year. 6 goals, 21 assists. You're basically getting, you know, you know, Christian Eriksen type production. I know he's more expensive, but City's going to score more goals, I believe, than Spurs. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about De Bruyne. You know, if he if he plays 30 games at 10.0, at the end of the season, he's going to be an 11. something player. Yeah. Yep, it's going to be interesting. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for forwards, um, you have. New boy Romelu Lukaku at Manchester United at almost fifty percent owned. Yeah, well, we called that on the first podcast of the year that he was going to be did. the highest owned player. We did. Then you have uh, Harry Kane at thirty-five Rooney, it's his low seven point five. Rooney, uh, <laughs> George Peterson, Price down at nineteen point two. Lacazette at seventeen point nine, and as you mentioned, Chicharito already all the way up to seventeen percent owned. Uh, the one that sticks out to me here uh, is Harry Kane because. I've seen people on both sides of this argument already saying that it's ridiculous that Kane isn't the most known forward and people saying Kane's really garbage to start the season. <laughs> so just just for a little balance, it is worth noting that Harry Kane has never scored before match week four. <laughs> Ron made a really funny joke off air that maybe he did in sixth grade. Um, but uh, in the Premier League, he has never done it. Now, to be fair, now that we've thrown out that bombastic stat that everybody is using, he was not a starter in 2014-15. It took mm-hmm. the combined failings of Roberto Soldado and Emmanuel Adebayor to push him into the team, and Kane had already been scoring in Europa League. Yeah. So the big question here is, will this happen again? Two interesting pieces of information. First of all, this is the first time he's had a proper offseason and preseason. All the other years he was doing England stuff. He was in the U-20s and the U-21s, then the Euros. Mm-hmm. So now he's finally getting that break. Um, and two, he is healthy coming out of those off seasons and preseasons. So it's, I'm not saying that he will reverse that trend, but if he does, there will at least be a correlation, if not a causation as to why. Mm -hmm. So where do you land on the Kane issue? Are you worried because of his failings to start the season in the past? Or do you think that now that he's actually had some time to A, rest, and B, train, that he may be able to hit the ground running uh, when they face uh, Newcastle to start the season? Well, I think it plays into your favor kind of two ways here. I think that there's the people that are scared off by his you know not scoring in the first four matches type scenario. And then there's the people who are like, screw that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it and see if he does do it. And if he doesn't, you're you were the right person for not rostering him in the first place, and those people already rostered him and wasted twelve point five million dollars of their of their hundred million. So it's kind of like an okay thing for either way. But the interesting thing is, I'm not I'm not currently rostering Harry Kane. Um, Harry Kane is when people are ready to wild card in say week you know three through seven, whenever they start bringing him in, he's going to be brought in at a phenomenal rate because I guarantee he's going to probably score in week three. That's when people are going to start looking at Harry Kane and be like, okay, he's playing Burnley at home. It's after the Chelsea match. I think Newcastle, their first. Ooh, interesting note. We don't actually know where that match is going to be played yet. So 
Because Wembley is what? Not ready? I think they're doing like a rugby thing. Oh, no, 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 wait. I False alarm. They changed, they moved it to the Sunday to make it a Okay. Sorry, there I forgot. Okay, so this this is how I break down the Spurs schedule. And Kevin is the Spurs aficionado. He's one of the <laughs> smartest Spurs guys I've ever listened to in my life. But listen, Newcastle, their first game promoted back to the Premier. They're at home for their first game of the season. Newcastle is going to park the striped bus so bad in that game, it's not even <laughs> going to be funny because they're going to try to come out of that game with at least one point. Uh, Chelsea at home, you're not going to risk Harry Kane in there. I mean, if you're in a you know DFS format or you're running your roster, you're nowhere even going close to, to Harry Kane playing Chelsea. So that leads you to Burnley at home yep. week three. I mean, that's the game for me where if you're looking to unleash the, the Harry Kane dragon – you know, the mother of dragons, Kevin DeVries. Um, <laughs> Harry Kane is going to be unleashed in week three. And then after that, he's got Everton, Swansea, West Ham, Huddersfield, Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm buying all the. I'm buying for all that. So week three is when I'm personally looking at Harry Kane. I don't care if he's never scored ever in the first month since he was like a toddler. I don't <laughs> care. That That is just happenstance and dumb luck. And like Kevin said, you know, some guy named Roberto Soldado and Emmanuel Adebayor actually existed two years, three years ago. Yep. So that was the reason. And then Harry Kane started doing stuff in Europa, and everybody was like, huh, this kid knows what the hell Let's he's doing. Let's try that one. Um, so happenstance, that was, a, that, was a, that was a fluke. And then the last two years, listen, every, everybody gets off the slow starts. Look at the, the, look at the things that happen in baseball. People, don't, people play better in the second half, let alone just the first four games. Yeah. So, I mean – People who people can chill a little bit saying that he's on the first month, but I, it doesn't bother me at all because if you're going to roster him and you believe that he's going to score, cool. If you're not going to roster him because you think he's not going to score, cool too because I'm not going that route anyway till week three. Yeah. Um, speaking of second halves, it's just worth noting for people, after Valentine's Day, Ooh. Tottenham will play three top ten defenses from last season for the rest of the season. That's, that's ten matches. And they're only going to face three top ten defenses from last year. So, <laughs> you know, he, you saw what he did down the stretch this past season. Yeah. With those seven goals in the last two matches. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, uh, if, if Tottenham need to make up ground, and or your fantasy team needs to make up ground, it, it, look towards that end of the season. Tottenham do have two really rough stretches in October. Liverpool, United, Arsenal, three out of four. Um, mm-hmm. And in uh, January... They have Everton, Southampton, United, Liverpool, Arsenal consecutively, which is not a fun time. And, you know, by then we'll know whether or not Ali and Erickson and Kane are, like, uh, opponent-proof. Mm-hmm. But, but that last 10 matches is going to be yeah. really, really yeah. interesting. If you're looking that far ahead, you're gonna, you might as well start looking at because if they advance out of the group stages of the Champions League, that's when it starts yep. getting hectic right there, the end of February, beginning of March. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Keep that in mind too. So I mean, I know Kevin Mc brings up a good point. After after Valentine's Day, you're going to be wanting sending all your chocolates to the Spurs. But that stretch of games right there, the only game that sticks out. To, there's two games that stick out: it's the Chelsea and Man City games, and mm-hmm. everything else is like a cruise fest. Yep. Yeah, the only other top ten defense from last year is West Brom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we all know that they always concede exactly one goal in the 80th minute or later. Mm-hmm. We know it for a fact. It's fact. Yep. All right, it is known. All right, um, now we will get to the talk of stuff that we said we would. This is not a sponsored episode, uh, but we do have two leagues that we're both in right now. One is the Experts League that we've done every year that Targa has existed. The other is uh, we decided to do a Listener League, and we're actually going to take part in it as well. The draft for that was on Monday. We'll start with the Expert League, though. Um, just quickly, give me a couple picks that you made that you were really proud of, maybe a couple that you clicked and you're like, ugh. 
I don't know if I love that guy so much. Well, you know, it's when you're in a draft with your peers, it's tough. It's honestly tough. Because it ruins everything. <laughs> it does because there's, no sleep, like, there's no sleeper appeal. Everybody jumps on guys two or three rounds early. But when you're someone as savvy and draft-oriented as me, <laughs> basically my best pick was pick one through 16. Um, oh. I think I, I think I've established, I won the draft. I won the dra- I won the, the league on draft day. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, in the words a- of, Hen- of, of Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, I had a couple, I picked, uh, 11th over 11th. Yeah. yeah 11th. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I went Murata, uh, with the first pick, which now I'm regretting cause he's a fat tub and can't get in shape. <laughs> I'm calling him fat. Uh, and then I went, I backed it up with Aguero. I'm still on the foe. You need forwards to win in Taga, period, end of statement. So I have Aguero and Morata firmly entrenched there. Uh, my midfield, I'm not completely in love with. There's a lot of – there's some question marks there. I got Andrew Herrera. I got Jeannie Wijnaldum, Cesc Fabregas. Some rotation worries there. The only one I'm, I'm not worried about is Andres Townsend. Andres Townsend and Taga is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. All those uh, crosses, I, though. Yeah. Love them. I love everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm a little leery about my midfield, but I do have Shaka on, on the bench. So that is good. And I do have by surprise, surprise, Oriol Romeo. And <laughs> no so, so moving on to defense, uh, you know, defense in expert leagues is kind of a, a, a completely wait and wait and then wait and then just take the best four whenever it's your turn to draft a defender. I think I took the um, second. Uh, overall defender because Alonso went way earlier than I thought. Yeah, he went in the third, second, or third yeah, round. Yeah, and then I went really early in like the fifth, yeah. I think. But but uh, I I tried to get a staple from at least three of the top five or six defensive teams. I think will be in this year. Mm-hmm. So I got Gary Cahill, I got Eric Bailly, I got Vincent Company if he can stay healthy, and then I got I took a gamble on Winston Reed. Winston Reed has, has surprisingly good stats for a West Ham defense that wasn't awesome last year, but he does well enough that in, in Taga scoring format that he can you know he still garnered two hundred forty five points, which is, you know, pretty good. It's more than it's a hundred less than or ninety less than Gary Cahill, who was a phenomenal defender last year. Um, rounding out my team, you know, like I said, I, I have Romeo, I have Shaka as my midfielders, I don't. I didn't draft a backup defender because you don't need one. I have four. That's all you need. Um, so I basically just load up on forwards. Um, I have Sam Vokes. I like Sam Vokes this year. Uh, I like all the news surrounding Andre Gray. If he's going to leave, I like that kind of stuff. Hmm. Uh, I took Glenn Murray from Brighton. I think you know. I don't think age is a thing here. I think he's still going to get goals. He's not going to be awesome, but forwards are, you know hard to come by and you want to get in, in volume here. You want to be like the Costco of Taga fantasy forwards. Um, you want to buy in bulk. So, and then I, I gambled with my, my, I think my second to last pick. And I put Mama Bierum Doof, who is a sh- friend of the show and he loves us. He sends us chocolates. Former right back, right winger and striker. From Senegal. I don't know where, I don't even know where he's from. But, but anyway, yeah, so that, that's my team. I, no picks really stand out. Like I said, I was a little more nervous about, you know, my midfield and I was, I'm, I'm, I love Wijnaldum and I'm a little leery about Sesk and I think I took him, you know, right where they should have been taken normally, but I feel like I got suckered into taking him because everybody in this is an expert and they know what they're doing. But, um, when I go undefeated and I rack up the most points ever, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I had a interesting <laughs> experience in this, uh, experts draft, um, because I fully planned on going forward, forward, and then Ali slipped to me at seven. Yeah, uh, and uh, both as a Spurs fan and somebody that thinks he's going to have a terrific year, uh, was not willing to pass up on him to take who I was going to take early, which was going to be Aguero. Um, so I take Ali. <laughs> it wraps back around, 
And I'm staring at two players on my second pick. And the two players still on the board are Otzel and Jesus. Oof. And so I'm having like a come to God moment between do I think that Otzel bounces back or do I think Jesus is an actual, like you were talking about De Bruyne, a 30 plus week starter for City. Um, and then Otzel got taken. And so I, I already started trying to adjust my strategy to what if I take midfielders the first two rounds? Like who do I trust later to actually mm-hmm. carry the line? But I end up getting Jesus. Um, and I'm going to be honest, uh, there was more uh, hype for him in that in in the expert circle than I expected. I, I'm not that excited about him <laughs> to be honest. The upside is obviously indisputable, mm-hmm. um, but I have a lot of concerns about uh, <laughs> Aguero sticking around, which he should have. But it's, again, I don't know how they're going to get all those players in there. But anyway, so that was the first couple rounds. Uh, I wrapped that around with. Uh, Mkhitaryan had been targeting Zaha and Townsend. I think. Wait, did you take Townsend ahead of me? I did. Yeah, I took Townsend right ahead. Yeah. Of me. Um, and so obviously Mkhitaryan also upside. And so the the first three picks, I already started feeling gambly. Like if if Ali regresses, if Jesus doesn't get playing time, if Mkhitaryan doesn't get starts, I could be in in dangerous climbing uphill water territories. And I think that really set my draft for the rest of it because then I basically just took reliable people from then on out. Yeah. Went with Lorente, went with Chadley, brought in Juan Mata, who played eight of the last ten matches last season. So th- that kind of backs up the McTarian thing, because you got to assume one of them is going to be playing. Um, so had the backup there. Like I said, took Trippier early. Uh, also got Cedric Suarez, got Victor Moses. So like three of the five best crossing uh, wingbacks in the Premier League there. Bring in Charlie Daniels, Scott Dan, then the midfielders, um, Etienne Capu. Uh, and Yaya Toure, obviously, both not crazy upside, but pretty stable in what they do. The the last two rounds were my gambles with Roberto Pereira and Yaya Toure. Um, but I always think it's interesting to break down the mentality behind what happened. So I started with gambles, then kind of overcorrected towards stability. Yeah, and, and the problem, right? And the and the problem with that is you could end up with too many usable players but not enough good players. Um, and so that's that's the, the concern that I have going in. Although I fully trust myself throughout the season uh, to pick people up well um, and to uh, stay relevant. But I did not come away from this draft with the unbridled confidence of, say, a Rob Langevin. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to have confidence, but yeah. then when you lose, you got to be able to just it shut does. up and walk away. Did, did anybody else's team stick out to you here before we move on to our uh, fan draft? I mean, like like I said, this is this was an expert Usberg draft. So I mean, everybody knows what they're doing or had a had a kind of you know a plan. Um, you know, I everybody made good picks. I'm not going to single out one person. It's it's preseason. You know, everybody's team looks like a winner on paper right now. Yeah. All right. Well, we will come back to that later. <laughs> then, um, much to our delight, we we uh, <laughs> pretty quickly filled a ten team league of listeners. Twelve. Well. 10 because we are also involved oh yeah <laughs> so um but that was it was really fun getting to do that with uh, a group of fans did you see any uh, distinct differences between the two leagues because i also uh, noticed that a lot of those kind of championship blue chip guys also went fairly early in this draft like the the, the fans that were playing seemed to to know their stuff probably because yeah. they listened to the show and were yeah, pretty they, great they they definitely were paying attention and uh, i'm not, i'm gonna add it chalk it up to us them listening to us and, <laughs> and knowing what we're talking about. Um, 
surprises. Um, no, no surprises. I think defensive went. What defensive players went earlier in this draft, which is not a surprise because I don't think people always understand the the Taga scoring where you can just basically fill in on defense and not really take a, you know, take a rake over the coals. Um, goalies didn't go very early. Saying it should be always that way. I think one or two went a little early, but that's that's normal. Somebody falls on that grenade and just or it, or is, is sorting by. Average draft position. Yeah, absolutely. Else. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I like I like this draft better because I think in the expert draft that we, just, that we just talked about, all the guys that I think I thought I could get in rounds four, five, six were, yeah. were gone, way gone. You know, a round earlier in this draft, they were all there, and then I was just poaching on people's mistakes for skipping over people. <laughs> yeah, uh, I um, continuing with the, with the mentality talk. <laughs> overcompensated back the other way and took a lot of risks in this one. Um, like, like I, I think I mentioned on the show. It may have, it may have been in the pre-chat, but I was very surprised that I took Mikhail Antonio. Um, was was sitting there all ready to take Lanzini, then somebody had taken the wrong player, so we undid a few picks, and the person that was right before me changed their pick. I think, I think it was the person right before me to Lanzini, who I was about to take. <laughs> it was like, oh. But Antonio was still there, and if he stays fit, I think Antonio was the better option in that same goals or more than assists kind of mold. Um, I'm going to be honest, I think my Experts League team is actually better, um, drafted in a very similar spot. Um, I think Rob and I were both one pick earlier, I think, in this mm-hmm. one. I was six instead of seven, you were ten instead of eleven. Um, but Ali went before me, uh, so I started with uh, Erickson wrapped around with Benteke and Sterling, but see, <laughs> now it's already more gambling. Is Sterling going to get the minutes? I don't know. Then I go Wayne Rooney instead of Davy Clausen, which I talked to Rob about on the phone earlier today. I don't know why. Clausen <laughs> was next in my rankings. And just in the moment, I don't know, flubbed it. it Rooney. And then you took Clausen like four picks later. <laughs> I was like, oh, what did I do? Uh, and I'll be honest, I don't think I knew that Raheem Sterling was listed as a forward because in my ranks they're for everything that I do. So he was listed as forward slash midfield in my ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had known that Sterling had filled that forward slot, I probably would have clicked out of that weird mentality. <laughs> but ended up with Rooney. Here's the familiar faces. Chadley Mata Kapu. I don't know why everybody's sleeping on all of them, but I am not. Um, in defense, my defense is worse in the, the fan league than in the experts league. <laughs> Stuck with Daniels, got Harry Maguire, Kurt Zuma, um, still got Danny Rose and Victor Moses. But I waited a lot longer for defenders in this one. Um, yeah, but I did yeah. too. Antonio and then my, my two gambles in this league, uh, Gundogan and Lamella. Yeah. Yeah, I, my team ended up by uh, Gomis in goal, Vertonghen, Winston Reed again, Nathan Ake, Martin Olsen on defense. Ooh, uh, liked, I liked that Olsen pick at the time. I don't yeah. know why everybody's sleeping on him. It was really late too. I got him. A, yeah. I think he was my last defender I drafted. Uh, I got Andres Townsend again. I, I just like where he's falling in drafts, and he just falls right to me. I got yeah. Leroy Sane, Wilfred and Didi, and and Davy Clausen through the midfield. Forwards, I have Roberto Firmino and Morata, and on a bench, I have Granite Chaka. Uh, how do you how do you actually say the Brighton guy? Pascal Gross is it? Gross? Oh, it's uh, Gross. Gross, like like ew, Kevin is gross. Yes, yeah, just a okay. little less. Yeah, Pascal Gross. It's Troy called an S that, in case you oh. wanted to know that. The, the German B-looking that's a double S. 
I knew that, but I was just I was seeing if you knew it. Okay. <laughs> and, oh, the the one guy who weirdly fell in this draft, Troy Deeney. I got him yeah. really late. And somebody accidentally took him and then unpicked yeah. him. I was like, no, that would have actually been a really good pick. Yeah, so so the, my strategy here was not much different. I don't draft another defender. I grab two decent uh, midfielders that I can, that'll accumulate points. Gross, Gross is going to uh, accumulate minutes for Brighton. Shaka is is nailed on, I think, at Arsenal. And then I just loaded up on you know the last last tier of strikers. I have Dini, Sam Vokes again, and then Tammy Abraham to go along with Firmino and Murata. I think that's plenty you know, in the, in a toggle format, you're basically, I'll probably end up dropping one and not really caring because I'll just move on for a position of need due to injury yeah. or, you know, attrition. Yeah. Did you know that Tammy Abraham have many sons? <laughs> I, that was my team name and it got changed. Abraham. What? That was my team name and it got changed. I changed it to that because everybody had a funny team name. Yeah. And I put that Tammy Abraham had seven sons and it didn't work. <laughs> oh, really? Hold on. I'm Interesting. Do it right. Change it. Change it. <laughs> Changing right now. All right, well, we're rapidly approaching the hour mark, so we're going to get out of here. But we gave you a lot of official game. We gave you a lot of Taga. We'll keep you apprised of both the experts and the fan leagues throughout the season. Maybe even try to get some of those fan guys on uh, mm-hmm. throughout the year. But in the interim, Rob, tell the folks so they can get at you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP. Yes, it's an alphabet thing. Uh, and you can find my writings and stylings on Razball.com. Yeah, and my, I am your host, Kevin DeVries, also the host of the EPL Roundtable, which is all Premier League news. I am at Kevroff on Twitter. I'm also the fantasy writer over at Goal.com. We're going to have at least one piece a day from now to the start of the season, maybe more. Uh, thinking about doing a, a little format change just to get as much information out to you as possible. So a little, a little less in-depth probably, but a lot more uh, just names being thrown out to you to remind you of uh players and ownership and uh prices and everything like that so uh if you're interested in that go over there um yeah just stay tuned the championship show is back on our channel um we're hoping to to get back into the dfs game next week we definitely will for fan tracks radio whether or not we do it with vip bet is still up in the air we're perfectly willing just waiting to get the green light on that uh but we will obviously keep you apprised again uh, at FPLM underscore MNOP, and I am at Kevroff. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.